Hello, Vitamizers, and welcome back to the How Do You Health podcast. As always, I'm Allison here with Slenderella in Austin, Texas, and I'm sorry that we didn't have an episode last week. Um, we uh, <laughs> we had a little scheduling blip, and then once John and Baldo did record an episode, we uh, we lost some of the audio in transit. So uh, this one is going to be good, though. I think you guys are really going to like it. We brought some really nice information, wanted to get a little edu- educational on this episode as well as the one which the audio didn't make it to me. Um, <laughs> but hopefully we will be sharing that one in the coming weeks. I know Baldo still has the audio. Um, we just need to work on the tech stuff because it was really informative. But before we get into what today's episode is... The How Do You Health podcast is brought to you by Slenderella. Slenderella is a vitamin shot and IV blend that was designed to help your liver function optimally. It got its name when the creators started noticing that liver detox was causing many clients to lose weight. Now there is a whole line of different Slenderella blends that you can customize for your needs, as well as a supplement line to support all of your Slenderella goals. You can find distributors and more information at www.slenderellausa.com. This podcast is recorded at MSW Lounge. MSW Lounge is located in Westlake Hills in Austin, Texas. They provide a variety of services, including vitamin shots and IVs, the whole Slenderella family, concierge medicine, chiropractic, massage therapy, a vitamin drink bar, and tons of other local company offerings for ways to clean up your health and naturally stay that way for a long time. Find out more at www.mswlounge.com. This podcast is sponsored by Athletic Outcomes. Athletic Outcomes is Austin's boutique wellness studio focusing on functional fitness and sports recovery. Located in Southeast Austin, AO provides services such as personal training, group classes, pre and postnatal training, nutrition coaching, massage therapy, chiropractic, recovery compression boots, and MSW lounge vitamin shots. It's your one-stop shop for health and fitness. Check them out on social media at Athletic Outcomes to stay up to date on their events and programs. This podcast is produced by Flabs to Fitness, Inc. Flabs to Fitness is an online wellness company that specializes in mindful eating, personalized workout programs, and offers a subscription workout program for 20-minute workouts you can do anywhere. It's also a social media content firm for creation and scheduling of content and engagement with your fans on a variety of platforms, including this podcast. Find out more at www.flabstofitness.com. Okay, so no special guest today. They kind of featured me as the guest, but it's just the three of us talking. I wanted to talk about the top six ways you can reduce inflammation in your life. Uh, There are a lot of things, as I talk about in this podcast, that we don't really have that much control over personally. You know, there's other people driving cars and making us exposed to exhaust. There's uh, Wi-Fi everywhere. There's fluorescent lights everywhere. We don't have control over all of those things. However, there are six things that we definitely have control over. And I wanted to get into them and expand on them. So I hope you guys like it. I know I gave this talk at a luncheon earlier last week and uh, it was the people really liked it. So I hope you guys do too. Uh, Here is the top six ways you can prevent inflammation in your life on the How Do You Health podcast. What's up? Welcome to the How Do You Health podcast. This is the first uh, live that we've shot in this new uh, Setup. uh, setup. Now we came by the light, so there's a light. Um, I mean, there's light light from the outside light, from the springtime, Texas springtime light. It feels good. Like there's, there's just good energy. Yeah, it's uh, it's nice and warm out this week, which is good. Today we're gonna be interviewing Ali Wo. Sort of. (laughs) Sort of. We're gonna be talking about inflammation. Uh, We're gonna do some educational stuff every once in a while, which we got away from because we've interviewed so many different we've people. We've had some good interviews, but Kept yeah. Kept it educational here and there. Yeah. But uh, today's going to be an inflammation episode. Yeah. What do we got, Nurse Doza, as far as inflammation? Everything's inflammation, right? Everything is inflammation. It's around me all the time. <laughs> I have fluorescent lights right above me. Inflammation. So to clarify with this one, I gave this talk yesterday at the marketing lunch that you and I actually met at two and a half years ago. You or called me a hack. To my face. <laughs> when I, all I did was say, I liked your talk. She comes up to me and she says, you're full of it. And I was like, what? I did call him a hack to his face. Like, fine, whatever, man. That's cool. Then she comes crawling up for an internship. So I was like, all right, that's cool. No, okay, the way it went was I called you a hack. You said, check out my facility. 
And then I went and saw what, <laughs> and then I went and saw what you guys were actually doing, and I was like, okay, this is wait. Hacky. Had he given a vitamin talk or something? Is that what you called him a hack? He he gave a supplement talk. But then I gave like an I gave a nutrition talk first I think and you told me good talk and then you like handed me a card that said like supplements and IVs and cryotherapy and I was like all of this is bullshit. Well, I, I think I think you gave a talk and then I gave a talk on something, and then you we spoke actually after no maybe maybe I I think I came up to you after you talked and I was yeah. like good talk or whatever but then somehow I was just like eventually came I was like this is what I do, and you're just like whatever. <laughs> And I was like, well, that's fine. Do you do you know this thing called Facebook Live? And you're like, yeah, I know all about it, old guy. What do you want? And I'm like, well, you know, like, we try to shoot videos on Facebook Live talking about all the fun stuff we do. Would you want to start, like, doing that with us? Yes, and then I tried to get my official internship to graduate with, with you, and my professor also thought you were a hack. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> they wouldn't get, let you do the internship. She wouldn't let me get credit for it, but I did the internship still. It was just off the record from school, so I was yeah. an intern for two different places that and we, semester. And we treated you like an intern, <laughs> like, for the whole time there. It was perfect, because then, then we we actually turned you into a paying contractor afterwards, right? So we like I had was a the front desk for, girl for a little for a while. You were. We yeah. make everyone a front desk person just because it's like this is your initiation into all the cool <laughs> stuff we're gonna teach you, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we've come a long way since then. Well, you you have all the stuff that you you knew before. I think that was what initially uh, impressed me was that you, well, you had a lot of information. Yeah. Major. Yeah. I was a kinesiology major who was really interested in nutrition, so I like learned all of the exercise science stuff at UT, and then I learned all the nutrition stuff on my own, and took like a couple nutrition courses at UT as well. And but, when did you become a biohacker? Um, I think I got really into it in 2014, yeah, the first time I went to Paleo FX. When uh, there were people walking around barefoot in the Palmer Event Center, not giving a crap whatever they were picking up, and uh, I was like, taking oh. off their shirts, taking off their shirts. So hippies, like you saw hippies there. They're like hippies who were plugged in. <laughs> Austin hippies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's Austin. Like, that's Austin yeah. in the seventies, the nineties. Well, right? so you have to remember too, <laughs> like in my first episode on here, like I talked about um, how I like had the whole disordered eating thing. And when I found Paleo, I, I've been putting off writing this blog post for forever, but I want to write it because it's going to be so long. There's this weird cycle between, not weird, but a major cycle between gut health and eating disorders that I don't think anyone's really talking about. Okay. Um, I knew in my head that I had a bad relationship with food. I wasn't bad enough to go like into rehab yet um, because I like found, I figured out in my head, okay, this isn't a healthy relationship. Um but I didn't know how to not have that relationship with food. And then I stumbled upon the Whole30 book, which is essentially a 30-day strict paleo reset. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, at that time, I didn't trust myself to eat without rules because it either meant I wasn't going to eat at all or I was going to binge. Sure. But I liked the Whole30's rules because they were totally different ones than I was currently following. Like, for me at the time, I had to count everything. I had to weigh myself. I had to exercise obsessively, like, all these different things. And with Whole30, you're not allowed to quantify anything. You have to listen to your body and eat three square meals a day. I also like that they didn't cut meat because I come from a hunting family. Yeah. <laughs> so I liked that. And um, I was like, screw this. Like, I'm just going to try 30 days of this random thing. And um, after the 30 days, I felt so much better. I actually lost fat that I had gained from my binging problem. Um, my workouts were good and like sane suddenly. I was okay with taking a day off suddenly, um, which goes back to the blog topic that I want to talk about eventually, which is like you can have this disordered eating cycle and then as soon as you get some actual nutrient-dense food into your gut and like feeding the gut properly, that can actually help break the cycle of disordered eating because it's changing the gut bacteria. Because for me it was like, I, I'm only allowed to eat 1,500 calories a day, but half of those were bullshit because I was eating, like, frozen yogurt or, like, <laughs> you Dang know. Chips yeah, yeah. So, um, f like, switching that out for nutrient-dense quality foods, I think, reset my gut microbiome and actually made it hard for me to even try to go back to a disordered eating mindset if I wanted to because my gut literally changed the way my brain was working. You're like, no, I'm paying $20 for this organic, like, spinach. <laughs> 
you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spit this right back up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the thing that I wanted to talk about today, which I talked about yesterday at the marketing meeting, was um, the six ways that you can control inflammation in your life. Because like as soon as we said inflammation, you're like, oh, I'm sitting under fluorescent lights. Um, there's sure. cars driving by outside, letting out exhaust. Yep. Uh, there's Wi-Fi all around us. There's all these different things that we can't control necessarily. Um, but there are six things we can control and they can definitely help with health. Um, so yeah, that's what I wanted to so cover let's, today. Let's hear the fabulous six. Let's, uh, yeah. let's hear it. Um, let's dig in. All yeah. right. Uh, well, I stole this one from you. John always says inflammation is the root of all disease. Damn, that so hack knew what he was talking I about. I stole it from John, <laughs> that weird guy. Um, uh, and to be specific here too, like there's a difference between chronic and acute, right? When mm -hmm. we're talking medical things, chronic is ongoing, recurring, or stretched out for a long period of time. Whereas acute is a, a one-off time, a specific area, short period of time. Like um, it's cute. Yeah, it's cute. <laughs> and it's, it's cute. It's cute. It's really painful, but we can fix it. <laughs> okay. It's All a right. cutie. <laughs> kind of like Baldo's, just a cute pain in my life. But, you know. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, and I, I like uh, how a lot of people talk today about how Modern medicine is really good at solving acute issues. Mm -hmm. um, you know, someone runs into the hospital with their arm hanging off, like they're going to survive. You know, like we yeah. can deal with yeah. mass trauma, stuff like that, and you're going to survive. You can get a stint in your heart and be just fine. Um, however, we're not good at dealing with chronic issues at all, which um, yeah. is, and again, just another example of those, like, acute... There's some chronic, some people are pretty good at. Yeah, there's some, <laughs> some. But, like, what are you, what are you thinking? I'm, I'm, I'm speaking about rappers and, like, skateboarders and surfers. What do you mean? And the other chronic. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. So, um... No, that's that's medical now nowadays. That's Actually, true. that's that's the... Uh, the prescription for, for chronic, chronic illnesses. Diseases. Yeah, because that's the thing now, yeah. right? I'm sorry, he went there, so I guess we're going to have is. to Are you going to say the thing that you guys are talking about? Weed. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was going to say, I knew where you were going. But. Which is good for anti-inflammation. Yes, um, and actually I do have CBD on here as one of the things. See, but, um, so You're jumping ahead of it, Baldur. Yeah, yeah, so... Um, <laughs> I'm, and, I'm, and, I'm cheating. <laughs> well, and talking to just like signs of inflammation when someone's sick, like they're coughing, they're sneezing, they have a fever, all those things, like it's your body getting extra inflamed for a short period of time to try and spit out whatever it is that's making them sick. Um, the problem with chronic is that you might have similar symptoms, you just don't realize that they're symptoms because you've lived with them for so long you think they're normal. Yep. Um, so the top six ways, I'll go through the list and then we can talk about each of them. Uh, number one, pay attention to your food and water intake. Okay. I say pay attention just because it's different for each person. Um, number two, decrease the plastic in your life. Number three, choose smart body care products. Number four, sleep and workout recovery. Number five, incorporate a de-stress routine into your day. And number six, supplements, which is where CBD, Slenderella, and organ meat fall in. That's so, right. Um, so I guess number one, pay attention to your food and water intake. We're a really good example, actually, of the differences in food. Um, yeah, because he doesn't eat food anymore. That's his new diet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do a quarterly water fast. You just finished one. Yeah, they're more like uh, three times a year. It's more like seasonal. And since seasonal. we really don't have many more seasons here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, so you just finished that, and you told a, you I know you posted, like, you had a big meal after your fast, which a lot of people don't recommend, and you wouldn't even recommend for a first-time faster. I wouldn't recommend it either, because you just... You don't know how you're going to react if things yeah. right. and I, For me, it was sort of a test and sort of like, I don't really care. Yeah, I mean, I can deal. guinea pig on myself, yeah. Honestly, like, if I would have felt like crap because I ate so much, I would have expected that and then also said, well, now I definitely know that you shouldn't do that. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but no. <laughs> yeah. And for you, like, when you're not fasting, you're pretty vegan, but you do eat meat a couple times a week. Yeah, like three, four... Three meals a week, plant largely plant-based with a little bit of meat. Mostly plant-based, yeah. correct. Yeah, and then for me, it's like paleo-ish, 
but like uh, I do eat starchy carbs because those actually helped me regulate my adrenals really heavily so it's kind of like a mix of the adrenal reset diet and the paleo diet um, and I actually have coached several people with the adrenal reset diet since and they've seen improvement in their thyroid and adrenal panels um, and that that has to do with the resistant starch in, in the carbs that I'm eating so it's like potatoes rice yeah. quinoa like starchy. So it's like actually like simple carbs? There's, those are starches. Right, right. But mm. I'm, I'm like in a sense though, like it's, is it, are you saying that when you do a carb or starch like inclusion, you're saying like, are you saying you'll get carbs or is it the starches that go towards adrenals? It's the resistant starch in the carbs. Okay. Yeah. Which is like the, the non-digested starch fiber that the gut bacteria is munching on okay it's good for the gi tract and so that's what i was reading somewhere that that the yeah that the unprocessed sugars from like legumes that stay legumes are high in resistant starch too yeah Yeah. and so then that feeds your it's almost like a probiotic yeah prebiotic Yeah. yeah prebiotics feed the gut bacteria probiotics give you more gut bacteria i think you have to also one thing that I learned from the gut aspect that you talked about earlier is that there's a stage that you can introduce certain foods into a, a, a reset or diet. Yeah, like yeah. It, like, I, I think well, the reason I was just even, like, kind of a uh, little surprised by that comment was just because I was like, that makes sense, but you wouldn't do it the whole time that you're doing the reset, No, right? and, and, well, no, like, that's, I eat starchy carbs every single day, like, that's, but you wouldn't do it when you're doing a reset in general. Like, yeah. you're saying you're doing it just for adrenals, I, like, on a daily basis? Yeah. Like, yeah, like, actually, like, I was pretty before, because, you know, like, I I didn't have my period for two years, like, to the day, pretty much, like, since I quit taking birth control. And over the summer, my OBGYN, like, diagnosed me with PCOS because of it. And I met with another naturopath who specializes in, like, thyroid and adrenal hormone balancing. And she's actually suggested, she's like, I don't think this is PCOS. I think this is just you're stressed, your cortisol's high. And so we, like, did the spit test, and it came back that that was right. Mm-hmm. So she put me on this adrenal reset diet. Yeah. And I ate that way for four months. And the first time I broke any of the rules was when we went to Costa Rica. And I only broke the rules by, like eating some eggs and cheese once in a while so it wasn't like a crazy break um but then I came back from Costa Rica and got my period again and so it was like <laughs> I don't know it was like <laughs> that's a hell of a line right there I, got, right? I came back from Costa Rica and got my period <laughs> I know Austin's full of hippies um but and that was also I think too because I was just so not stressed we didn't do anything <laughs> on that trip so I was just like very de-stressed from that trip which I think helped um, but, but yeah, since then I've like had like really good hormone panels come back and, um, yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, that's, do you, do you think your, your lifestyle contributes to your stress? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, well, let me back up too. before I started eating the adrenal reset way, I was eating pretty much keto in the beginning of the day. And then at dinner I would add in some starchy carbs. Mm -hmm. So with adrenal reset, it's more of like a balanced plate at each meal. So you want some starches, some fats and some protein at each meal. Mm -hmm. And you actually increase your starch throughout the day. So it's still a similar curve to what I was doing, but I was having like almost zero carbs until dinner before that. So I actually added more carbs into my diet. Um, I feel fuller and perform better with more carbs in, in my diet um that's not to say i'm not eating a lot of fat and protein too it's just it's a very even cut for me between but just, the three but that's you and that's, that's how for you me function. yeah I, and that's I, for me um yeah. but yeah it's <laughs> going back to my lifestyle i mean i'm doing a million different things so that definitely helps and it doesn't help <laughs> it doesn't help that mentally i never feel stressed like there's yeah. very few times when I actually have a freak out session you've seen like one or two of them but like there's very few times when i actually get in my head, oh my gosh, this is so much. I'm stressed. I can't handle this. Usually it's like, oh yeah, it's that's my calendar. I'm just busy. I'm doing the things that I like to do. Yeah. You what, I've rarely you... seen it. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> what do you recommend as far as water intake? Like, what's a good rule of thumb for you? Um, so yeah, the water intake was the other one. A lot of people will say like half of your body weight in ounces. 
Yeah. That's fine. I mean, usually getting someone to even... <laughs> That's probably going to be more than you think. It's a lot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Way more than what most people drink. Yeah. So, um, yeah. At least the eight out, the eight glasses a day is probably right. But again, like I do like the body weight one just because if you're a really small person, eight glasses a day is going to be a lot. You know? So like if you're a 100-pound person, 50 ounces of water, that's that's not eight glasses. Yeah, no. So, well, like, how, how much do you think? Well, I mean, I'd go by that one, too. If, you I have go to by that? if I have to recommend to someone how much to drink, but I do half your weight. But I also say, too, like, you can count, like, a Slenderita counts as some of your water. Nice. Like, yeah, like... Uh, Hydrated. If you're, you know, if you're drinking, like, slushies, probably not. <laughs> but, like, you, we forget that, like, there's a lot of electrolyte drinks that are zero calorie and not full of bullshit that, yeah. like... It's basically just flavored water that is a, another way to stay hydrated. So like I, I still I drink like a lot of water, those. anyways. Yeah. And topo. Yeah, and topo. Mineral water's fine. Yeah. So people forget about those a lot of the time. But yeah, if yeah. if it's just a quick one off, I usually say half your body weight in ounces. Um, what's your diet looking like now? You've done a bunch of different variations. Yeah. <laughs> right now he has no diet. Good. Right now he's like. I still it. have a diet, but what I'm doing is I'm um, eating everything. I'm eating sweets. That's the difference. <laughs> That's the difference. Okay, but let me just say, like, in the summer, in the summer, I definitely crave more fruit, and that makes sense because seasonally fruit is available in the summer. I love fruit. I don't yeah. know why it's so bad for you. It's it's the most natural form of sugar you should have anyway. Right? Yeah. If you go to your balance of saying I'm gonna go to the 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 plate now, that's the nutritional plate that yeah. everyone uses in the schools, and it's a quarter of everything, right? Yeah. Fruit. I mean, why in the world would we have apples fruit? and bananas and berries, mangoes, pineapple if it wasn't that bad for you? But it's just for everyone that could do well with it. You have a few people like me who it just raises their sugar because mm-hmm. it's just the way. It, uh, but I wonder, like, the difference would be if that fruit's in season and you're and you're consuming it because otherwise you can. It very you would well could be. That I. It could also be serving size. So like. Because, like, I could easily sit down and eat an entire pineapple, and that's way more than one serving. I think I think there's many factors to why food works for certain people and others it doesn't. And if you want to go down the rabbit hole of why this particular food works for you and it doesn't, you have to listen to your body so well, yeah. like what you do with the Whole30 diet, to where you can even pinpoint that. Yeah. If you get to that point already, you can basically do everything on your own to figure out what <clears throat> diet works for you at that point anyway. You don't need... I mean... I promote lab testing out the wazoo because I think it's very beneficial. But the truth is, if you could do your own food elimination diet at home, you all you have to do is just start with a food journal and then actually like listening to your body thirty minutes after you eat food or during it and be like, hmm. Well, that's what's the going thing. On? Like so many people just don't even realize. Like they ask me how I eat, and I'm like, this is way different than I ate even two years ago. And two years ago, I would have said my diet then was the best diet for me. Yeah. Your gut is constantly changing. Your health is constantly changing, and also like. With the Whole30 thing, I'm pretty sure I totally had just reset a terrible gut microbiome the first time I did that. I tried to eat legumes. I tried to eat peanut butter, which is a legume, after my Whole30. My belly, like, I looked pregnant. I was so, like, bloated just from peanuts. Like, my gut wasn't ready for peanuts. It wasn't ready for legumes at that time, even just kidney beans. Like, I couldn't eat them. But now, totally fine. So that's part of the reason I do my, my fast now is to reset my gut biome. I told you that this, or well, I told a lot of people that this pass has been one of the hardest, and I think one of it was, well, because of the headaches, but I think it was from a caffeine detox, because I told mm-hmm. you the other day that it's like, I don't even crave it anymore. Were you drinking a lot of coffee before? I was drinking more than than I normally, which I always yeah. drink coffee, but right now I'm like, I start, even today I served myself some coffee, and I yeah. didn't finish it, I'm like, I'm, I don't want it. No, I was drinking like four or five but I'm craving sugar last week, and then I haven't this I mean, week. Uh, I'm craving fruits. Like the mangoes and the oranges. Well, because you depleted your body of glycogen. It's trying to yeah. restore that. Yeah. Interesting. Well, your body runs off of sugar. I don't understand why... It runs off of both. I Well, that's the thing, though. So if you have all these systems in your body yeah. that's designed to basically make you work and right. function, you have to feed each of those systems right. what they need. We're just thankful that all of them involve ATP because there's so many ways to produce ATP in the body sugar is one way to do it as well because you get glucose from it and that's why we measure blood glucose in our body and the problem is is that the blood glucose that we have flowing through our bloodstreams there's a certain amount we need in order to function because if it drops below us a lot like a certain amount for people we can't function 
But right. if it drops too high, or if it goes, if it jumps up too high, then it's it's too overwhelming for the body. Right. So here's the way I like to put it. This is back to the kinesiology stuff that we studied. Your body is always going to run on a percentage each of um, carbs and fat. Yeah, I'm looking at the time. You're mm. good. Um, but uh, depending on the workload that you're giving it at any given time determines which one is the majority. So right now we're just sitting here and talking. The Krebs cycle is a lot slower at breaking down fat, but it's a higher payoff in ATP. So right now our bodies are primarily running on fat, which is why the phrase fat burning exercise is kind of a fallacy. Yeah. Because if you want a fat burning exercise, this is the best one. This is the biggest percentage of our body that's actually like, this is the biggest, this is the time when our body is using the highest percentage of its energy getting, getting that from fat. We're, we're burning the fewest carbs right now. As soon as we get up and start running, we're going to switch to a higher carb yeah. metabolism because that's a faster quicker, process. Yeah. Yes. So, so the, the whole term of fat burning is just bullshit. Like if you're burning calories, you're going to lose fat as long as you're in a calorie deficit. Yeah. That's yeah. So one of the things that I was learning on as far as like autophagy and all that, but from the longevity standpoint was from the idea of getting like every single ounce out of your cells capabilities. Yes. Right. So it's almost like the sugar is going to help do the, the quick work, mm -hmm. but the fat's going to help it do like the some of the work the long or game. the yeah. long game. And so then that cells doing like, Hey, it's full potential as opposed to like letting some of itself die. Or right. Something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of how I get things sometimes. <laughs> and then if you can relate it to poop, then we're good. Oh gosh. All right, speaking of poop, number two, decrease the plastic in your life. We've all got our reusable cups, which is good. I have my metal straw that everyone Shout gives me. Shout out to Big Dog. He's crap a for. great client of ours. There you go. Um, great friend, man. This, this friend. is, uh, I don't know, I think 50 ounces. Nice. And it's, it's shing gone, dude, but it's, it's heavy and it works because it makes me remind myself if I drink two of these, I got, I got a pretty decent amount of water. Yeah, heck yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, this one's pretty easy, you know, trading out your cups for, for reusable ones like this. Don't use a straw or use a metal or a paper straw. The you biggest... can use a Slenderella straw, right? <laughs> you... Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, I would say the biggest problem with plastic right now for people would be Ziploc bags. Like, that's the, well, that's the hardest one for people. Really? Uh-huh. Because, like, they're so useful. Like, there's Ziploc bags and Tupperware. <laughs> you can trade out the Tupperware for, like, the, the um, Pyrex glass. Um, but, but, yeah, Ziploc bags are the hardest one to, like, replace, I think. You can mostly use the Pyrex glass stuff in lieu of a Ziploc bag. Um, there is a company that's coming out with beeswax bags. Nice. They sent me some samples the other day. They're literally, like, wraps that stick on themselves, so you can just wrap the food, and it sticks on itself and preserves the food, but it's made out of beeswax. You could literally eat the wrap if you wanted to, but it's reusable, it's washable, it's really hearty. Huh. So there's alternatives to those coming out, too, if you really want a bag God, feel, man, I guess. That Isn't I'm that just, cool? I'm just thinking, like, does that mean we're going to get more bees? Mm. Fingers crossed. Right? Like, that would be awesome. Yeah. Maybe maybe that's uh, that's what we need. I love the fact that uh, entrepreneur entrepreneurs and innovators, who especially geek out about science, they want to go in and figure out a way to kind of like give back to nature. And yeah. I think that the the reason I get excited, you got excited about the bees, was um, you know honey is amazing. Like honey is one of the, the healthiest things that you can ever put in your body. Just weird how like under one years old you're not supposed to give it to them and eat botulism out of it. But um, it's because it's got it's a probiotic, right? Well. It's, it's or prebiotic. Um, yes, because the body cannot absorb and metabolize it at that point. I believe there's something it has not created. It's slipping my mind. Like Somebody, an enzyme or something. Yeah, there's just something they can't convert it. And I think uh, eventually, like neurologically, I think it. it, it yeah, it that's what I keep hearing. Interesting. Yeah, it was a I neurological. Yeah, I want to say that's it, and I probably learned this back in board exam a few years ago. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that's that's why. But. Uh, if you look at bees, it's a, our ecosystem. The seasonal foods that are provided through the pollinization of, of bees is incredible, especially here in Central Texas. We have access like citrus fruit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you also have like pecans and all those other things that are great that grow here in Central Texas. I couldn't <clears throat> imagine that seasonal food like that would be that detrimental to our ancestors, you know, 200 years ago. What the hell's changed since then? I think what's going on with the food 
is the idea is that it's become a little ne less of the original form that it once was. Oh, have you seen the pictures of an apple now versus an apple 400 years ago or whatever? It used to be crab apples. Those little crab apples, that's what apples used to oh, be. Oh, really? Yeah, and now we have these big-ass oh, honeycrisps that are like 10 ounces. Those are my favorite. But, yeah. Um, this podcast is produced by Flabs to Fitness, Inc., Flabs to Fitness is an online wellness company that specializes in mindful eating, personalized workout programs, and offers a subscription workout program for 20-minute workouts you can do anywhere. It's also a social media content firm for creation and scheduling of content and engagement with your fans on a variety of platforms, including this podcast. Find out more at www.flabstofitness.com. Number three, choose smart body care products. We talk about this a lot. I use like lab tested safe body care products um from beauty counter and like a couple other brands um but they're like all they're either all natural or lab tested proven safe um i like I know dr bronner's dr bronner's is really good yeah um i know you, we have like a frankincense hair wash or something here we used to yeah. um but there's a lot of like nice natural alternatives now but what we don't realize is like there are so many petroleum derived ingredients in beauty care products specifically for women like in makeup there hasn't been any makeup legislation since 1939 so they're literally throwing tar and like i think this has a list of all this stuff um like oxybenzone phthalates like poly polyphthalein glycol like it's a synthetic it's flavor it's a bunch of like oils and it's yeah it's just it's so carcinogenic it's what coal it is tar Coal tar is formaldehyde. Like, there's a bunch of crap that is, like, allowed in body care products just because there hasn't been any legislation on it. So um, switching to cleaner alternatives is definitely a good way to decrease inflammation because your skin's your biggest organ. So, like, it's going to absorb that shit. <laughs> I, I love what you just said right there, as the, even ending with the largest organ. The skin is the showcase for what's going on internally in the body. And mm -hmm. if you don't believe me, talk to someone that has eczema. Yeah. Because you could say, what else is going on with you that, you know, like we don't see? Well, I got digestive issues. I have asthma. I got this, blah, blah, blah. Because the skin has a way of like almost detoxing the body at this last resort, right? You sweat, you know, all throughout your body. And you have certain glands throughout certain bodies that detox you. Mm -hmm. And if you put chemicals inside of your body, you have to detox these chemicals out of your body through the skin, mm -hmm. right? And so most of the time when people put these skincare products on, and they're not just skincare, they're household products too. Yeah, cleaning um, products. And they're the, the products that are not internally in the house, but on the outside as well. Yeah. Anything that you come in contact with through the skin is going to get absorbed. And so when it does get absorbed, your body has to metabolize it. What do I do with this oxybenzate? Uh, and what do I do with the uh, the sulfates? And what do I do with formaldehyde? With, so formaldehyde is interesting because... Um, there's a like ammonia is kind of like a like a byproduct like derivative of, of formaldehyde or maybe even a precursor you look at it certain ways and when you can't get rid of formaldehyde what it does is it'll go into your body and um, it starts attacking like wherever it, 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 it gets stored right like aspartame formaldehyde uh, aluminum uh, I mean sulfates BPAs like all these things what they do is they get stored in like adipose tissue yeah. Or muscles or brain tissue. Well, with the thing, like with the BPAs too, that's in plastics and in body care products. And actually, like, sunscreen is one of the biggest offenders with, like, as far as body care products containing carcinogens. You know, the sunscreen that's preventing you from getting cancer is filled with carcinogens. It was some crazy statistic, like 88% of all sunscreens have a carcinogen in them, which is, like, totally defeating the point. Um... But, uh, but yeah, with the BPA, um, it is stored in adipose tissue, and it actually creates uh, estrone, which is the bad estrogen, mm -hmm. and causes fat gain, man boobs, all that fun stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I can tell you right now what... A bee. There's a bee. We have a pet bee. We do have a pet bee in here. Right, yeah. yeah. I wonder what that was. I thought it was a <laughs> fly earlier. Um, there's, there's a lot of things that you can do to prevent certain things getting into your system um skincare products are probably the hardest thing i think more so than just the food now the in the last few years it's better but i think it is hard too just because people purchase them and they spend you spend a lot of money on body care products oh, yeah, you do. and it's like when you find out that it's probably full of crap you're like well i just spent 
$30 on this shampoo. I want to at least finish this bottle before I get a new one. So then it's like six months before they get a new one that's natural and maybe it doesn't even work. So like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's hard. Well, it, it, just like anything else, you have to do your education and your research mm -hmm. and you have to see, you know, where your product and your source is coming yeah. from. And for most people, especially in a mainstream kind of, you know, fast food nation, it's very hard to access that, right? With Amazon, it's very much, it, it's a lot easier, right? But you still have to realize who's out there producing what, because mm -hmm. even when we go to Pale FX this year, you're going to have, you know, how many CBD products are going to be out there? How many people are going to have their own version of coffee? And how many people are going to have their own, like, skincare product of this? I mean, I saw a guy last year had one, uh, it was like a lip balm that was, um, I forgot, it had some kind of, something that was pretty cool, and I looked at the ingredients, it wasn't that much. Like, yeah. there was only two or three things in there. And I thought that was really cool, but you got to imagine that... Um, people might not have access to that. It might be the local aspect yeah. of it. And so when you talk about skincare products, go back to the idea of like apothecaries and even uh, like uh, farmer's markets. Mm -hmm. And and you can find those in your local communities where yeah. you can make a lot of these herbs well, and plants and all that into skincare yeah. products. That's why I like this brand actually, um, just because like they are an online company. And I used to buy a lot of my body care stuff at the farmer's market and it didn't work as well as this stuff. And this stuff has been lab proven safe. Like I know I used to buy a makeup that had like cornstarch in it or something to like help you not be as oily. And that actually made me break out. Apparently the corn wasn't reacting very well for me, but like now the only makeup I wear is this stuff and it's like lab tested safe. And I know my skin reacts well to it. So it's like, damn, I, that's crazy. So isn't like, that insane? Even after like all the chemicals, you're like, oh, but corn got me. Yeah, it's <laughs> freaking crazy. But yeah, but yeah, I totally am a big proponent of supporting like your local farmer's market, whatever, if, as if it works for you. Yeah. It just didn't work for me. No, um, no, I get you. But, uh... Oh, wait, I never did this. <laughs> John keeps pulling out supplements from his pocket. He pulled out... Bliss, right? Oh, I did earlier. He pulled out two, like, liver love pills from his pocket and just popped them in front of me. And I was like, John, what... <laughs> yeah, she said something else, and it was kind of funny. I wish we could say it right now, but it was funny. And I was like, yeah, but whatever. I knew those were some vitamins. I have. I usually wear pocketed shirts, people, and so I have my Bliss here. He carries his drugs in his pocket. Yeah, I carry my vitamin drugs here. This is what this is the pocket He's for. dropping a Bliss. Dropping Bliss right now, everyone. Right, Thank you. Well, Lisa says that um, number four is sleep. Everyone likes to neglect sleep in this society, and I put plus workout recovery because sleep is workout recovery. Sleep is what makes your workout stick. That's when you recover the most. Yeah, right? like, and and people always ask me, "What's your recommendation for time to sleep?" And like, the reason people typically say eight hours is because we sleep in four-hour cycles, and it's usually this thing where. The first four hours, I like to liken it to your mind is replaying what happened that day, what you learned that day, just kind of reliving it. And then the second four hours is the storage part. So it's like the it's like the uploading and the processing, <laughs> right? Um, if you're relating it to a computer. And so like that's why they usually say eight hours. Some people can function on less, some can function on more. I know my friend Destiny is totally fine on like four to six hours. For me, I need eight and a half, like at least. Six is good for me, but see, during my fast, I was doing like nine and ten hours. That's the thing, too. I did. Um, <laughs> yeah, because you're like, I, I can't eat. I guess I'll go to sleep. That's the thing. Like, sometimes. <laughs> quality. Yeah. So, like, I did the metabolism reset diet a couple, like, a month or two ago, which is like a liver detox diet. And you're not supposed to work out. No coffee, no caffeine. And you have to eat a very specific way. And the recommendation is to sleep as much as possible. I wasn't exercising, so I was like, oh, there's no way I'm going to sleep very much. I slept, like, 10 to 11 hours every night. Oh, yeah. And it was insane, and I, like, had the time to do it because I wasn't working out. You're just full-on <laughs> repair mode. If anything, what I like about the f my fast is that it also kind of forces me to just slow everything down for a week. Yeah. Which I don't, you know, don't <clears throat> usually get to do for ourselves. Yeah. Like, most people don't. I know I certainly don't because it's like, <coughs> oh, like, today I'm going to get a second workout. You know, yeah. Whatever, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's just one of those things that it's, that's probably also a benefit. I mean, my T-band feels so much better. All that. I mean, there's my shoulder doesn't hurt at all anymore. And 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 I'm pretty sure it's it's a dual yeah. relationship well, there. Part of it has to do with what the fasting benefits are. But part of it has to do with the, the fact sleep. That I, just slept I mean, uh, and there's a, <laughs> yeah. there was that theory a while ago that lactic acid buildup was the reason you were sore after a workout we now know that's not true it's actually just the micro tears in your muscle that are making you sore you're literally making small tears 
in the muscle to to break it down essentially mm-hmm. when you're pushing it too far mm-hmm. and so if you don't give your body that adequate time for the muscle to reseal itself and make itself a little bit stronger you're essentially creating scars in your it muscle burns. every time you work yeah. out yeah. but in order to build the scar you need to recover so um, I actually tell people like if you're working out five days a week and every morning you're waking up at 5 a.m. to get that workout in which means you only get four to six hours of sleep a night skip at least two of those I was like, you would be much better working out three days a week, but getting adequate sleep than working out five days a week and never getting adequate sleep because you're literally shooting your workout in the foot. You're not getting any progress and actually probably allowing your your um, stre- your cortisol to build up even more. You're not giving yourself enough time smarter. to repair. Yeah, working out smarter, not harder. That That's exactly what it means by working out smarter. So anyone that ever has heard that term, work out smarter, not harder... It doesn't also mean, I mean, it does. It doesn't mean it, to bullshit your workouts. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. But it doesn't also, I mean, it means several things. Like you, you want to like shorten your workout, right? To like, okay, instead of working out for two hours in the gym, I do a hard workout in like 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. I hit all these things on my, on my bucket list, right? But then at the same time, uh, it's like I eat smart, but I eat like manipulating my metabolism, mm-hmm. right? And then what I'll do is I always get good rest as the foundation because I know that that's my time to recover. Yeah. And that's the thing is is that people think of sleep as a weakness. Almost like yeah. I don't need sleep because yeah. I can function without it. It's Why? that hustle culture. Yeah, like what what do you mean? It's you you think sleep's a bad thing like it's a natural thing for us to sleep and it's the only time we really like get a chance to recover. And we know with from Dr like from Kirk's episode from Dr Parsley's episode like we don't understand why sleep is so crucial, but literally the world record for going without sleep without also dying is 11 days. Yeah. 11 days. Like, you can die if you go... Without you, sleep. Yeah, like, you will die if you go without sleep, but you can also die even before you reach 11 days. Yeah. <laughs> like, I couldn't imagine the insanity that that person would be going through at that point. I pulled one all-nighter last week because of a dumb flight that I booked, and you I was out. everything slows down. Yeah. Right? Like, you start slurring your speech. You're like, there's so many little things. Like yeah. That. Yeah, I was an absolute yeah. maniac last well, J.J. Weekend. Watt is on record that he likes to do a total 16 hours of sleep during the season. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, too. That's badass. I'll get people asking me, like, I want to get shredded. I want to look like a bodybuilder. And it's like, you realize that these bodybuilders prioritize two-a-day workouts. Their nutrition is to the macro on point, And they're literally required to get 10 or more hours of sleep a night in order to get that shredded. The I'm body has to you be to able sleep. to do that. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. badass. Um, I can do that. Yeah. Yeah, I want to see. <laughs> so kind of related is incorporating a de-stress routine. Um, I am a big culprit, number one, when it comes to, like, having too much on my plate. But I definitely, like, have a morning routine that makes me set up so that I am less stressed throughout the day. Wake up, roll over, journal for five minutes, meditate for five minutes, make my coffee. I'm not allowed to have my phone on for any of it. That's my, like, standard routine. And I know Baldo's really good at meditating, yeah. That's like, is that kind of your go-to for de-stress, yoga, meditation? Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. I think that I I prefer it in the mornings because it kind of helps me be cognizant about when I do stress mm-hmm. throughout the day. And then as opposed to like, I could, I could meditate at night and that's more to de-stress. And in the mornings, it's more like, you know, just so that way I'm preparing myself so I know how to not allow myself to get too stressed out about stuff. Yeah. And then you, like, also can... I I actually did about 20 minutes of legs on the wall, savasana, and meditation. Legs on the wall is your favorite. Legs on the wall is my favorite. Anyone hasn't tried it for 20 minutes, go <laughs> do it today at one point. Come and back to be clear, minute. that's literally laying on your back with your feet up against the wall. It kind of just drains all the blood, and it feels really good. It, but the key, though, for the whole thing is if you can get deeper in your breathing... The more of a sedative, calming effect you will have on the parasympathetic nervous system once you get done with your session of legs on the wall. Do you count your breaths when you like, what, like count your inhale, exhale times, or do you just kind of go slow? Um, I try to activate my core through uh, my breathing mm-hmm. each time, and yeah. I have a five consecutive number in my head. So, like, I'll try to end on five good breaths. Nice. Because. In the course of 20 minutes, you know, you're with me, my mind will travel and I'll try to like center it to where it's like, all right, if I can get five minutes and I know Balder told me this one time, it's like if you, meditation, if you can 
do 15 minutes of meditation where it's like your focus is on one thought, that's a success. Well, mm-hmm. my mind doesn't work there just yet. My practice isn't there. So it's more like if I could get five minutes of me focusing on the same thought, that's a win. But yeah. that doesn't always happen. So it's more like if I can recenter myself and say, all right, I've been breathing slowly and steady for the past 15 minutes. In the next five minutes, I'm really going to try to focus on something, but then I'm going to end on five good consecutive breaths, and when I get that, I'm stopping. That's good. And uh, when I do that, when I get up, almost every time, my whole body is just calm. And it's just, it's a feeling that I imagine you will not get unless you get a good night's rest. And so to think about it transitions to de-stress, sleep, when you allow your body to basically just be at its calmest peak, your health increases. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just there's no other way around it, right? It's when stress enters your body, it causes inflammation. That's the number one thing you said. So a de-stressification day doesn't mean that I'm sitting there and I'm like doing two a days, and then you know I'm going to check out a movie. And then I'm playing video games all day. Like, I'm not, that's not de-stress. Right. Me de-stress is saying I'm going to, uh, I'm going to lay here and just see if I can focus on understanding my breath. And that's the weirdest way to look at it, right? Yeah. I, I was actually going to um, mention a joke earlier with you, and, and now it's probably not the best time. What are you going to say? Well, I was going to say, now that you do all your de-stressification and all that has changed out the years, would you say now that laughter is now your new medicine? Oh, laughter totally is. Yeah? Yeah, and it's a funny, actually, because I'm terrible at meditating, too, and um, I don't want to call you terrible at meditating, but, like, oh, I it's hard it. for I'm, you. I'm yeah. all right. Um, I'm all right. But um, I'm really bad at meditating, and actually the only way I'm able to get myself into a meditative state quickly is to do a visualization first, and it was the first vision I ever had. <laughs> Freaking, I hate myself for saying this sentence. We're in the hot spring in Costa Rica, and Baldo just did his thing where he started doing yoga, so I was like, oh, screw this guy, I'm just going to sit here and try to meditate, and um, so I'm like sitting in this hot spring in Costa Rica, and I close my eyes to meditate, and I just dropped into a vision right away of like what it would be like to headline a huge theater at like for stand-up comedy, and like I... It was so vivid. I, I like, got, like, it, I snapped out of it after a few minutes, and as we were packing up and walking back to camp, I, like, told Baldo, and he goes, oh, you need to think now, like, he goes, try using that vision again, like, try thinking how emotionally you would feel, what would you taste, what would you hear, like, all that stuff, and I was like, no, I had all of that, like, I feel like I literally just walked yeah. off stage right now, I'm like, my heart's racing, like, I just, like, had this amazing set in this huge theater in front of this huge audience, it, it was like a memory, and he was like, oh, that's so cool, you have to keep keep visualizing that so now every day like I try to go back to that vision and I'm like able to see all the things and I have so many details fleshed out now and like as soon as I as soon as I end end my set or whatever and I come off of stage I like immediately just drop into okay what's happening around me right now yeah and and I'm totally present and I can just sit there and listen to the things around me and not like be concerned about what's coming up next. I'm just trying to be there in the moment, noticing the little sounds, the temperature in the room. What am I feeling? I typically sit on the ground, so like feel the carpet, like all those different things. That's cool. Just make myself be there. Nice. But um, but yeah, laughter totally. Like I feel, and you know this. Like I tell people, you can do all these different things to be healthy, but if you're not working toward a goal or a dream or something like that, you're probably not gonna feel fulfilled and all that health stuff. Like that health stuff should be supporting that goal. Yeah. But yeah. I I think that's really cool. Yeah. How we all, I was going to um, ask. Uh, okay, yeah. Baldo's giving us the time. I was just going to say number six is supplements. Obviously, I listed Slenderella, um, liver detox tools. Um, other other herbs for liver detox would be milk thistle, dandelion root, artichoke leaf. Those are common things that you find in like liver detox teas or supplements. Um, obviously, again, Slenderella supplements are the B vitamins of the methylcobalamin variety. Very good liver detoxers, glutathione, things like that. I also put CBD. Um, and with this list of supplements, like I, these are things that are harder to get in food. So like, um, you know, having the full range of B vitamins every day is pretty difficult. Getting these herbs. Um, CBD you're not going to get from your food. Um, there are cannab- cannabinoid receptors in the body. Um, we've talked about that. Uh, one way I really like to put it, because my mom was asking me about CBD one day, and 
She was like, well, why don't I just, she's like, if I take CBD for pain, isn't it just the same thing as me taking an aspirin for pain? Like, I don't get the difference. And I said, the difference is your body doesn't have aspirin receptors. Yeah. Your body has CBD receptors in yeah. it. And aspirin, like, screws up your liver, whereas CBD does not. Um, so it's kind of like, and the fact that we have just receptors ready to receive cannabinoids tells us that we probably evolved using cannabis pretty heavily to some extent, whether yeah. it be eating it or smoking it or whatever it is that people did back yeah. in the day to get those cannabinoids. Like, they've been with us for a while if we've genetically developed cannabinoid receptors. Like giraffes and long necks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then the last thing I put was organ meat um, is actually, like, uh, when it comes to meat, it's, like, liver nature superfood. Yeah, liver and onions. You would, and... you hunter. <laughs> well, but it's true. Like, if you look at liver or heart specifically, like, heart has the highest concentration of CoQ10 you can get from any food. Um, which is a great antioxidant for heart health. Um, well, acts as an antioxidant. It's a coenzyme. Um, acts as an antioxidant for heart health. Um, liver, yeah, it has. But the, the truth is, you just can't get everything stuff. you want from your foods. You anymore. can't. And so, yeah. supplementation, to whatever extent that might be, is it's what it is, right? Like you supplement what you can't get. Right, and those are the three that I see like most people benefit from obviously your supplementation routine is unique to you i have a blend of supplements that i personally take that i wouldn't necessarily recommend to anyone else unless i knew that they had very similar health needs to me like i supplement with ashwagandha every day again to support my adrenals but if someone's not having adrenal issues you don't necessarily need ashwagandha every day um it wouldn't hurt but <laughs> you know it's not like you need it right who doesn't have adrenal issues monks <laughs> Baldo, <laughs> but you get what I'm saying, right? Like I'm not gonna go tell everyone to take ashwagandha unless mm -hmm. I've seen. I get my blood work again this week, so I'll give you guys an update pretty soon. Oh yeah, I need to get my blood work done again. Come on Saturday. I might actually right after my drunk show. <laughs> come right after my oh. drunk show to get my liver enzymes taken. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how oh, all right, yeah. guys. Well, I, uh, I think that was our one pager. I'll include links to all this stuff. Uh, oh, the last thing on the organ meat is um, if you don't like liver and onions, which a lot of people don't, uh, there is a really cool supplement company called Paleo Valley that uh, we're friends great. with. Mm -hmm. um, they they have an organ meat complex supplement that you can take to get all of like nature's multivitamin benefits from organ meats. So I'll put the links to all the stuff we mentioned in here Monkey in the show notes. Monkey, Monkey brains. brains. Heck yeah! <laughs> Thank you, guys for watching. We will end this live.